You're listening to the Red Moon Radio Podcast, episode number one. Today, we're talking with the talented Robbie Fisher about Rockin' in Michigan and his new cassette release, Dogtown. Red Moon Radio is a weekly podcast dedicated to garage and psychedelic rock, as well as good old-fashioned rock and roll. We bring you the best new music, introducing you to your new favorites, along with interviews with bands to watch. Red Moon Radio is produced every Monday and is available on Podomatic at redmoonradio.podomatic.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at redmoonradio1, on Facebook at facebook.com slash redmoonradio, or get in touch by email at redmoonradio2015 at gmail.com. Links are available in the show notes on our Podomatic page. Come back often and add us to your favorites. Now, let's get on with the show. Hey everyone, your host Erin here. Welcome to the Red Moon Radio Podcast. This is our very first show and I'm so excited to have you join us today. Thanks for tuning in. We're starting the podcast somewhat auspiciously as last night we had a heavenly blessing, a blood red supermoon. I hope you had a chance to see it. It was amazing. With the moon and stars to guide us, let's get howling. As I mentioned off the top, today I'm really excited to have the amazingly talented Robbie Fisher with us. Before we get to the interview, here's a track from his new album, Dogtown. The song is way cooler and also happens to be his very first music video. Check it out.
That was Robbie Fisher from his new album, Dogtown. We heard the track, Way Cooler. I really hope you enjoyed it. Hailing from the Grand Rapids area of Michigan, Robbie has been with a number of bands over the last few years, including playing drums with the garage rock outfit Black Fruit. In February, he released his first full-length solo album, You've Changed, on cassette and through Bandcamp, and as of today, his new release, Dogtown, is available. I caught up with Robbie at home last week to talk about Dogtown, as well as art and music and rockin' in Michigan. Hey, Robbie, thanks so much for joining us today on the first episode of Red Moon Radio. Thank you. Awesome to have you with us. For listeners that aren't familiar with you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your music? Yeah, um, I I live in Grand Rapids right now, um, and I've been I've been in a few bands, a band called Lumblown Speaker, a band called Shock Fight, and most recently there's a band called Black Fruit. But, but yeah, what I've what I've been focusing on most recently is just doing some solo stuff, and um, yeah, it's stuff that I do here in Grand Rapids. I have a little little, little warehouse space that I that I rent out, and I have like a little four track cassette tape recorder that I make all my music on. It's just um, like like I said, it's four tracks. So I'll do like drums first, and then I'll like go back over it and put a guitar over that, and you know do whatever. And that's yeah, that's how I make my stuff. And then um, I'll put it onto tapes and drop some like artwork and whatnot for for tapes. And that's pretty much yeah, that's pretty much how I work, I guess. So you're recording everything yourself. Yeah, I am actually. Yeah, so far, all my solo stuff so far has just been recorded by myself onto a four-track tape recorder. And have you done any live performances of your solo stuff at all? And if you do, do you have other people who play with you then, or how does that work? Yeah, so I have. I did this thing for a little while where I was I was using like a loop pedal, but that was like, and it was fun when it worked, but when it didn't work, it. It wasn't fun and it sounded really bad, to be honest. But, um, so it was like, it was kind of, it was really hard to do. It was hard to get it exactly right. The times when you got it exactly right and it was like a jackpot, like this is a super fun show, like, but it was, it's so, the loop pedal thing is so like technically dependent that like if you didn't have the exactly right sound system with the exact right sound person doing these exact right things, it was really easy for it to sound really fucked up. I kind of stepped away from that and I've, I've done some solo shows with, um, just me, like me and a guitar and a bass drum, which is actually a lot more fun. Because it's a lot less technically, um, it's a lot less technology, and you can you can fuck up as much as you want and just keep going, which I really really love. That's probably my favorite thing about music. And other than that, I played some solo stuff with a couple of the other bands that I'm in. So like sometimes One Blown Speaker will play some songs that are off of my solo albums, or the same with Chalk Fight. I think Chalk Fight has a couple of songs that we that will play live off of my solo album. So you play guitar and you play drums. Yeah. Do you play anything else? Yes, I play guitar, I play drums. That's pretty much it. I play bass, but that's pretty much it. I'm, I play like a little piano, I guess, but not like not more than like five notes per song. Um, so I don't know if you call that playing, but but it's on my album, so I guess I should say it. What are your musical influences? What would you say influence you or have created your sound? Um, I was actually thinking about this question before you called, and I was I was watching this I was watching this squirrel like like eat this acorn and I was like I know that she's going to ask me that and I wish I could say like really cool like underground bands that nobody's heard of but I, I feel like if I am honest I, I will have to say like yeah it's like straight up Jack White White Stripes like get, like big names that like everybody knows like I really like Jack White a ton um, and like all of this stuff was like, a huge influence for me to like initially get into music like being in like junior high and high school and like listening to the White Stripes and so yeah I feel like I have to like give him his due and say yeah that's He's way up there. Um, 
a band called Bass Drum of Death, which you've probably heard of. Oh, I love Bass Drum of Death. Right? I mean, who doesn't? And Ty Siegel, who is a very similar. Yeah, I feel like those those two are the most, the two that I've like most recently had my world rocked by. I, I first started getting into them like three years ago, I want to say, and that's that was kind of like a lot of the impetus for me recording my my solo album was um, listening to Bass Drum of Death and being like, this is the best fucking album. I still think that the first Bass Drum of Death album was like one of the best albums that I've ever heard. I totally agree. And so, and I, and I, when I heard about like how he, he did it all by himself and he did, I don't know, from my understanding, he did a lot of it just, um, or maybe all of it on garage then with just like a USB mic. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. I, I mean, that's what I've heard. I don't know. Maybe I feel like this is the type of thing that like somebody of his caliber might just say that like to be like super cool and have like street cred or whatever. But either way, it was inspiring to me. <laughs> if it's a liar, if it's the truth. Yeah, and so I was like, fuck, like, if he can do that, I can play drums all right, I'll learn to play them better, and then I'll, I'll do that. And it was really inspiring to me because it was like, I had just finished doing this, um, at the time I had finished, like, doing this recording, the Wumbo Speaker EP. We had finished that, and it was, like, a lot of time, like, spent, like, dialing in, like, a, a, the snare sound and getting, like, the exact right amount of whatever, like, gated reverb on the vocals or the exact right amount of EQ on the guitar. And the whole time during that process, I was like, fuck, this is not like what I think of when I think of creating at all. And so when I, yeah, so when I heard bass drum death, I was like, yeah, like this snare, it sounds fucking killer. It sounds like a fucking trash can that somebody's banging on. And it's like, this is like the most rocking sounding snare and it's something that I can totally do by myself. And so, yeah, that's when I was like, okay, I'm just going to get a, like a tape recorder and just like make, make shitty sounds, but use, you know, use that limitation. And I wouldn't suggest that it sounds shitty at all. I think it sounds amazing. It definitely is like that lo-fi sound. Yeah. And I've, I've even seen you say, this is kind of what I identify with. This is what I like. Yeah. I was listening. You had an EP that you released last year, I guess, in 2014. Mm-hmm. And that was really a lot more bluesy. In 2014, was that after graduation? It was, yeah. Okay. That was what I was talking about, the loop pedal thing. Yeah, and so after graduation, I think that's still on my band camp. So that was the thing that I did with the loop pedal. And it was fun. It was definitely really bluesy. I was really into Jarl Bernhoff. He's a loop pedal person. I say he's a loop pedal person, but he's a lot more than just a loop pedal person. He has a really, really great album of just like a full band. He has like really, really good danceable stuff. Jarl Bernhoff is, I would say, definitely a huge inspiration, especially for that season of my life. He made really, really, really good stuff. So then in February this past year, you released You've Changed. Yeah. And I would say that your sound had changed for Mm -hmm. that. And now, so Dogtown is the new album that you're getting ready to release. Is that right? Yeah. So if this podcast is airing on Monday, I'm planning to have my album come out on Monday. It's going to be out by the time that this comes out is, is my, is the goal. That will be on September 28th, and it'll be available through Bandcamp? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to put it up on my Bandcamp, yeah. And so for digital downloads, and then you're also putting a cassette out for it as well, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm working on the cassette right now. All the artwork is done for it. And I just got the actual tapes in the mail yesterday. And they look really cool. They're teal. So now it's just kind of a matter of putting it all together, like doing the little like cutout insert for it and dubbing the tapes. And so it's just the easy, easy part about that now. That's exciting, though. Yeah, it's probably the easiest part of the whole process at this point. Yeah. Where did you get the name Dogtown from? Um, doesn't have a meaning really at all. It, it kind of just like, came out and it kind of sounded good when I was singing that song. Yeah, it kind of fit. I feel like lyrics are kind of that way where like sometimes you're like, oh yeah, this word like fits this song or like 
whatever, even if it doesn't make sense. And I feel like that's kind of like, yeah, like when I hear like that song, I'm like, damn it, that's dog pound to me. And it doesn't, like, there's no actual correlation with anything at all. And I was like, that's a cool name, so I guess I'll name the album dog pound as well. And yeah, so that's how that worked. What was your inspiration for the album? This album came about this summer. Pretty much all of it was recorded this summer. And there was a few songs like throughout the winter, but the, the main bulk of it was this summer. A lot of the inspiration for it was just kind of like, so this summer I had a, I had a really good gig this summer. I work, I was working at a health food store and I was working a lot of morning shifts, just doing stocking, just doing like stocking for three hours in the morning. And so that was like three or four days a week. I'll just have that. And that was the only work that I would do. And then a couple other days of the week, I would work longer shifts. I was waking up at seven, regardless of what day it was. And so Sundays I'd wake up at seven, go into work and like do some stocking on the shelves. And then I would just have the rest of the day to go to my studio and like work on shit. And it was so fucking cool. That's how a lot of this album came about. I guess it wasn't really inspired by one thing necessarily, but by that, having that lifestyle and being able to get into like that habit of being like, okay, this is how my summer days work. I, I stock shelves and then I go make music. And then like in the afternoon, I'll go like ride my bike to somebody else's house and like cook out or something with my free food that I got from the health food store. And it was, it was really killer. And so like the songs are about like, yeah, like riding on my fucking bike everywhere and, um, and like not, not using my car and feeling really happy that everything is here. My, my work is 15 minute walk away. My studio is 15 minute walk the other way. And my best friend's house are like 10 minutes away from my studio. And like this summer I'm just going to ride around and make music and whatever. So yeah, I feel like that kind of was the underlying like feeling of the whole album. So you did some pretty interesting cover songs on Dogtown as well. Mm. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about them and why you chose the songs that you did? Yeah, totally. Okay, so the first, I think Side A has the Tainted Love cover. I listened to that one morning at work, actually. We have like a little Pandora thing that we can choose, and so somebody was playing like 80s New Wave radio, and I was like, this song is fucking killer. And I've, like, I've always liked that song, but when I heard it, I, I was like, this would be really cool with, like, the, like, the Ty Siegel Mustang guitar sound. Da, 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 da. So, like, the whole idea came was like, okay, I like that song. I like the sound that Ty Siegel uses when he uses, like, his guitar riffs. And so I'm just going to, like, mix those two and make that into something. And can totally hear that. Good. So that was kind of fun to do. And then you did another cover as well. Yeah, so side B is the Taylor Swift cover. I song is uh, Trouble, or uh, I knew you were trouble when you walked in. And that's a song that I've wanted to do forever. Ever since that song came out, my best friend Tito, he lives in Florida, but he, him and I listened to that song the time that that, that album came out. And it was just like, this song is so, so, it like hits so hard in a way that's kind of different for Taylor Swift. But I, like, I just, I really dug it the whole time, like ever since my, the first time I heard it. I have to say, as soon as I heard the cover, I was like, I can't believe he's doing this song. But at the same time, it was it, it was a, an amazing cover. I really, really love it. Like okay. I think I've listened to it multiple times now. Oh, good. It was Thank totally you. a surprise for me because I didn't expect it. And, you know, seeing, seeing a song titled Trouble doesn't necessarily tell you that what you're about to listen uh, yeah. to. But I really, really liked I liked both of the covers. I liked the whole album, I have to say. Cool. Oh, thank you. That's awesome. You know, obviously the cover really, the covers really grabbed me because they're recognizable songs. Yeah, good. I'm glad that you thought so. It was kind of like an unexpected thing. I was like, it was one of the things like sometimes you have these ideas in your head and they like swirl on for so long. You just have to have like an impetus to do it. And this was totally like, like ever since 
the song came out, I was like, Teal, I have to like fucking cover this song. And I have to like make it, like when it drops, I have to make it like fucking crazy. The concept of making it as crazy as possible has existed for a long time. And it was just like, whatever, I'm just going to fucking do it. So Very, very nicely executed, I would say. Thank you very much. I'm glad you liked it. So you play the guitar, the drums, and you sing, Mm -hmm. and then you've also done the cover art for your cassettes. Is that right? Yeah. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about that process and your inspiration for that and like just how it came about. Yeah. The first one, You've Changed, the album artwork for that came about, it's just kind of like a crazy conglomeration of a lot of little, a lot of little drawings mashed up into like a bigger one. So that came about around the time that me and my, me and my friends were getting really inspired by this idea that my friend RV found, this idea that shitty is pretty. Well, the first idea was worse is better. And that was like a hugely revolutionary idea for like me and my friends because it's so easy to talk about things and to idealize them as perfect in your mind and like wait until it's perfect before you execute it. But my friend RV like introduced us to the city of like, okay, worse is better. I want to put out something and I want to try and make it worse and not focus on making it perfect because the idea is that if you try and make it perfect, then it's never going to actually happen. So you have to be okay with just getting something out there, even if it's crap, just executing and executing. And so that was kind of the thing that inspired me to to do that type of drawing because with that type of thing you can draw these little like airplanes and it, if it looks shitty like it doesn't matter like people can tell it's a little airplane and it contributes to the whole image and so yeah that was the album artwork is basically just me being like okay I'm going to sit down here and I'm going to draw a lot of little things and a few big things and if I just keep drawing it's going to end up looking like kind of cool if the idea is cool in the first place and so so worse is better triumph in that scenario but yeah if it's a good idea it's going to be good and if it's not a good idea then it's not going to get any better the more you work on it i think is kind of my philosophy and the the i'm work for the second one i wanted to do something a little bit different but i wanted to keep the kind of like gatefold cassette idea the cassette insert folds over in a way that you and there's like some cutout things so you can see the like it's literally impossible to say what it what it is right the yeah, so I want to do that same kind of concept and that same kind of insert for the tape. Um, but I did it on Adobe Illustrator this time, a little bit more high tech. Just like picked like a picture of myself and I picked like, uh, there's like a picture of Grand Rapids on the front and then there's like a ton of speakers and like old shitty amp, um, on like the second layer of it. And I forget if there's anything else, but it's, yeah, kind of the same kind of thing. A lot of conglomeration of things like cut and pasted together and that's how I made the second album artwork. But yeah, that part's really fun actually. It lets me do something a little bit different. I like doing that. For sure. And you also have a really awesome video that's animated mm. for one of the songs yeah. on the new album Way Cooler. Yeah. So you must have done the artwork for that I, as well. Yeah, I did. Yep. That is something that was that was a lot of fun. I think that the Way Cooler video is the most exciting thing about this album coming out for me is because like I finished this and it was like the first music video I made and for like for people listening on the podcast like it's um, it's a lot of drawings it's a lot of like hand drawn shit and your hand is in there yeah yeah like literally my hand is is a big player and so a lot of it is it's kind of like stop motion-y would you say uh, right way to describe it yeah I would say that yeah yeah and so like I finished it and me and my friends are just like cracking up and like it gets really like funny and cool and so I want to be able to show it to more people. And so like that, that music video and I'm making another music video for the song, my friend and the, the music video for the song, my friends is like, I just want everybody to see it right now. I went to the college that I graduated from and I still get free printing there. 
So I went on Facebook and I, I printed out like 200 pictures of my friends and I, and I went to my studio with an exacto knife and I like, cut out a lot of our, our faces, glued them onto like stick figures and whatnot. And yeah, and I made a music video just with like me and my friends and like, and it's just really funny and quirky. And it's all people that I know. And like a lot of my friend groups, like I'm really super blessed. I have a really great group of folks. And so it's like the type of thing where I'm mutual friends with mostly all these people. And so we can like look at each other's like stupid faces and like make fun of each other when we're watching this movie. And so that's really what I'm looking forward to the most. I can't wait to see that one. So where will people be able to see the videos? I've seen the Way Cooler video and it was great. I loved Thank it. You. Where will people be able to see them? I'm going to put them onto YouTube. Probably the day that the album is released, I'll put up the Way Cooler music video. And then maybe like a week or so later, I'll put up the My Friends music video. Excellent. Well, I'm going to try and link to them off of my Perfect. page so that people can see them from there. Oh, awesome. That sounds great. Thank you. Okay. I would love to. You have kind of a thing about coolness in your songs. Yeah. I, do. I guess I kind of do, don't I? So I was kind of wondering, is that like your your rock persona swagger coming out? Like, hey, I'm so cool. On my first album, I had that song, I'm so cool. I, I guess so. A lot, I don't think it's a lot of swag. I'll quote you the whole lyrics of the song, I'm so cool. It's, I'm so cool. I get my hair cut. I get my exercise. Yeah, yeah. And that, like, that's it. <laughs> Second verse. I'm so cool. I'm never out of place. I'm on purpose. And I don't think that this is, I don't think that those are very, like, swag-filled lyrics at all. No, I suppose not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't I don't really know what, what it is. Uh, but I actually do know exactly what it is. It's kind of a funny story. So the impetus for that was, there was this girl that I was, like, very super interested in. And she, and it was, like, one of those things where, like, you, like, initially, like, make a connection with somebody. And you're like, oh, that was cool. Like, we had your cool interaction. And we're, like, going to, like, maybe go listen to records sometimes or, like, go out to dinner sometime. And, you know, like, you leave it feeling, like, really super confident. And then the next day, I was I was driving this big, ugly, like, work van. And I noticed her car, like, pull up next to me at a stoplight. And it was, like, one of those things where you're like, is that her? No way. And so, like, as the, the light turned green, like, we were both going. And I was, like, kind of, like, awkwardly, like, looking over to see if it was her. And then, <laughs> and then she looked over. And she, like, made, like, direct eye contact with me for, like, like a second. And I slammed in my brakes. And I was like... <laughs> And I was like, this is really embarrassing. I don't know how to, like, pull out of it. And I just had to, like, hope that she didn't, like, recognize that that was me. I would say you're definitely so cool. Yeah, right? <laughs> and so, and so as, I was, as I was leaving that interaction, that song just started playing in my mind. And I was like, I guess it was, like, one of those things where I, like, sung it to myself, like, instilled confidence after it was torn away <laughs> by a very awkward interaction. But, yeah, so that's that's how that song came about. You've played in a couple of bands, as you mentioned, over the last couple of years, and it seems like the scene in Grand Rapids is really kind of exploding right now. All these bands are coming out, and I just keep seeing Grand Rapids, Grand Rapids. So since you have like a bit of an insider perspective compared to the rest of us, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, um, it's cool. I mean, I uh, really... To me, it's just like a music scene, and I don't, I, to someone from an outsider's perspective, that they see Grand Rapids often. Um, until you just mentioned that in some... Yeah, it just seemed like all of a sudden I was seeing Grand Rapids all the time with new bands. Yeah. yeah, I guess I'll kind of pick your brain for a second. What bands were you seeing from Grand Rapids? Definitely Heaters. All of a sudden kind of exploded, right? Yeah, that's what I was going to say, Heaters for sure. I, I kind of have like a um, a little bit of analysis. It's probably like not even very right. Heaters, they got big. They were a different band before called Plantains. And Alex 
from Black Fruit played in plantains with them, and then they split off into Heaters and Black Fruit. So Plantains, who is the pre-Heaters band, they had a they had a, a record on Soul and Body, and then Black Fruit had a record on Soul and Body, and then Heaters had a record on Soul and Body. Oh no, Heaters didn't have a record. I meant to say Haunted, Haunted Leather had a record on Soul and Body. I feel like that was kind of a huge like push for like Grand Rapids getting big in the psych scene. And then there's a band called the Olmec. The Olmecs are fucking killer. They actually rent out my studio space, and so yeah, they're they're really fun. They broke my window. This is actually kind of a funny story. This, they broke my window <laughs> of my studio. Um, because they had a, they had a show, I guess, and they're like, hey, can we get our stuff, um, for our show? And I, I was like, yeah, sure, I'll come. It was before, it was when they first got, when we first started, like, sharing a studio space, and I hadn't made Luke a key yet. Luke, Luke is a singer. I hadn't made him a key yet. So I was like, yeah, sure, I'll be over on Saturday to unlock it, um, around two. And they're like, sweet, cool. And, um, I totally, like, fucked it up. I was in yoga. I was in yoga as a thing. And so I was, like, sitting there, like, and I was, like, like, yoga pose, and I was, like, I was like, fuck, I forgot to go unlock the studio. And so I like rolled up my mat or whatever. And then I go and check my phone and I call Luke and I was like, oh, sorry, man. Um, I'll be over in just a minute. Is that cool? And he's like, about that. We already got our equipment. And I was like, oh, how, how did you do that? And he was like, well, when you weren't there, we, we climbed up on the roof. One of my band members is like really good climbing. And he like climbed up on the roof and then he saw that there was a dorm window and he was just kind of like pressing on it, you know, just kind of lightly to see if it would open. And yeah, it broke. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of a funny story. But I was like, okay. Luckily, you sound pretty low key about the whole thing. So yeah, I, have, I still haven't got my window, Luke. If you're listening to this, maybe this will put the pressure on them. Yeah, the whole world knows now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, but no, the Olmecs are fucking killer. Um, yeah, they're, they're on King Pizza. They had a tape put out on King Pizza. So, yeah, I don't really know. I think it's kind of one of the things where, like, that type of music got pretty popular here, and I don't really know how things like that work. But, yeah, I guess just kind of Grand Rapids became a little a little hub for that kind of psych, which is, like, cool. I can't complain. A little mecca, yeah. I have to say, as an outsider, I'm loving the sound coming out of there, so keep it up, guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, come visit sometime. Yeah, I would love to. So with the new album coming out, do you have any upcoming shows that you want to tell us about mm. for people who are in that area? Yeah, totally. There's a show on October 5th. It's a house show. And me and my best friend John from the band I mentioned, One Blown Speaker, we're going to play at, at it. And a new project from some of the Omex people is going to play at it. It's going to be their first show. It's going to be Luke and Kyle who played bass with me when I was in Black Fruit. And then... I think it's a drummer named Casey who played with Alex in Black Fruit before I played in, Bra- in Black Fruit. So, um, it's like a family tree. Yeah, it is kind of a weird incestual band. <laughs> um, I'm pretty excited about that. Luke sounds really, really stoked about it. So I'm really excited to hear how they're doing. And it should be a lot of fun. So it's us and them. And, ah, damn it. Like, this is so fucked up. I really should know the touring band's name. But, so there's going to be a touring band. I think they're from Georgia. Luke is really stoked on them. So. That's Monday, October 5th at the Powder Room, which is a house in Grand Rapids. I think if you look for Powder Room, it's on the southwest side. If you're in Grand Rapids, just contact me and I'll tell you where it is. Do you have any other plans to tour or anything with the new album? Like, I'm sure that you have people all over the place that would love to hear you and see you. Oh, that's awesome. That's really good to hear. Thank you. Um, So I would love to tour with the new album, yes. I Yeah, I don't have anything lined up yet, but I something that I would like to get underway maybe for the winter sometime, maybe like January. 
um, or maybe before then. Right, so you can escape the cold, is that what you're saying? Exactly. That's kind of, yeah, that's kind of my, I'm going to plan a tour, like, starting in Florida, moving to Texas, going to Arizona. Um, but yeah, I would, I would really like to tour this, some of the new albums. And I, I might do it, I don't know, I might do it solo, because it's easier to, like, make it work financially that way. And it's easier to like make schedules work, and so I might do I might do like a one or a few small solo tours with it, and then probably and so that band Lumbold Speaker that me and my best friend John play in, we're we're going to be recording this winter a full length hopefully, and um, and hopefully next summer that'll be ready to tour for that. Well, hopefully we can have you back on the show when you release that album or any other new solo stuff or you know just when you want to come back on the show you're more than welcome to oh cool that's awesome it's been super amazing having you on the show and i just want to thank you again so much for being the first guest on red moon radio it's really exciting before we end the interview and go can you tell the listeners how they can find you online what they should be looking for where you are so that people can check out your stuff yeah, if you go to robbyfisher.bandcamp.com, that's where all my stuff lives. And it's R-O-B-B-Y, and then F-I-S-C-H-E-R, robbyfisher.bandcamp.com. And on Twitter, I'm at Robbie underscore Fisher. And you can, if you friend me on Facebook, if you go to like, I think it's facebook.com slash RobbieFisher.75. Yeah, just like friend, I don't have like a band page, but yeah, you should just friend me. Y'all, y'all should just friend me. Robbie, thanks again so much for being on the show. I hope we'll see you again soon. And I wish you so much luck with the new album. We'll put up links to your stuff on our pages and on the Podomatic site so that nobody can miss your stuff. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, no, I really appreciate you having me on. And I appreciate, like, you've totally been super supportive ever since I put out my first album and everything. So, yeah, that's really awesome. Thanks, Erin. Thank you so much. It was so awesome to talk to Robbie last week, and I'm super excited that we could have him on the show on the day of his new release. Before we listen to some tracks from his new album, Dogtown, let's go back in time and check out a few of the tracks from his album, You've Changed, which is also available on Bandcamp. We're going to hear Can I Live Alone, as well as Wine About, and of course, I'm So Cool.
That was Robbie Fisher from his album You've Changed with Can I Live Alone, Wine About, and I'm So Cool. Off the top of the show, we heard Way Cooler, which is Robbie's first single and the first video that he's ever made. He also talked to us about his newest video for the song My Friends. So we're going to hear that track. But before we do, let's also listen to the title track from the new album. Here's Robbie Fisher with Dogtown. Covered criminal wrongdoing by General Motors and failing to disclose the conditions which are. 